Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we are here for episode 14, which should be a fun one. Um, also, we'd Unlike like... all those other episodes. Well, okay. <laughs> we, can, we can just say that. Um, also, I want to promo that we're going to be on the podcast Massive Late Fee. Um, we're actually going to be recording that tonight with uh, Mike and Mark. They're a couple of good dudes, and it's a really fun podcast about the entertainment industry. Um, pretty much, they just talk about you know what's going on in entertainment, and it's it's pretty funny. Like they uh, just have some banter back and forth. It's a really good podcast. I recommend you check it out. Um, and we will be on one of their episode releases um they also over the christmas season did a best of um episode as kind of like a filler and i would recommend just starting with it it's like three hours long but just listen to parts of it you'll kind of get a feel for the two uh hosts and their their type of comedy which really resonates with me so give them a give them a heads Mm. Mm. so check them out anyway Weird fact of the week this week is that in 1923, a jockey named Frank Hayes actually won a race while dead. He suffered a heart attack mid-race and um, stayed in the saddle uh, until his horse crossed the finish line, which was a 20 to 1 outsider victory. I don't know what that means, but I think it means no one expected a dead guy to win a race. Way to go up beating the odds there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, go I wonder you. if like they knew he was dead. Like if people were just watching in horror as he was like his horse was like kicking ass and continuing to win. And it's he like, was how dead. do you stop a horse race? You know, you don't really. Right. Or if it was more like, yeah, go this guy. And then he won. And then, oh, my gosh. Oh, what my happened? God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Check the film. And then they find him just like dead in the middle of the race. Like even if he stayed in the horse, there's no way he like stayed normal. No. Yeah, he was dead. Like his head had to be like real floppy. Everything was probably real floppy, but he's a jockey, so he's tiny. That'd be a really horrible race to watch. I don't know. I mean, he died doing what he loved. So actually, I think a lot of jockeys hate their job. Pretty sure. I think I saw that somewhere. All right. If anybody out there is a jockey, let us know if you hate your job. Yep. I think most people hate their job, though. I don't feel like you'd be like getting much surprise. Yeah, but most professional athletes, I don't think do. I don't think that's true either. Yeah, fair enough. They like the money. So this week, I'm going to be talking about a reincarnation case of Carl Eden. So he's pretty much one of the first ones that uh, had a very compelling case. There are a whole bunch of these types of stories. So I will like over the course of the podcast, just do a few more. Um, But he was one of the first ones. So I'm going to start with him. I'm going to be talking about Goatman's Bridge, a.k.a. Old Alton Bridge. So Goatman's Bridge is an iron truss bridge, which I'm just, just assuming is an iron bridge. I don't know what truss means. Do you know what truss means? It's the like, yeah, it's the way that it's built. But it essentially, just picture like those old, uh, like where trains would go across, like what you would picture there. That's kind of what it looks like. All right. Uh, it was built in 1884 by the King Iron Bridge Manufacturing Company. Uh, it's called the Old Alton Bridge because uh, back when it was built, there was a community around there called Alton. It was abandoned in like 1856. Um, So nowadays it connects the cities of Denton and Copper Canyon, Texas, which fun fact, that's about 20 minutes away from our house. Yep. Yeah. Um, Also fun fact, if you guys want us to. No. Yes. No. We will do. No. 
a YouTube no. ghost hunt special. I am not agreeing to this. Yes, she is. With, no, I'm not. Y- you guys seriously reach out on social media to make her do it. But we'll do a ghost hunt, which will pretty much just be us out there with cameras and we'll put it on YouTube and it'll be very funny. Um, we'll also bring some of my family members from the listener story episode, specifically my dad, um, because it would be really funny to just plop him down in the woods and watch him not react to anything. So, Possibly yes. fall asleep. Yeah. So if you want I, us to do that, please reach I out. I feel like I need to do this like a YouTube video. Like if we get a thousand <laughs> likes, a thousand likes, we don't even get likes. I don't even know what we would say. It's true. You guys just reach out on social media. If literally, if like two people do it, we'll, we'll nope, do it. We're not doing even it. close to true. Two, We're two, doing two people. It. it would have to be a good amount of people to convince me to do this. I am beyond terrified. Like I might pee my pants legitimately. Which would make for great TV. So not let's only am I it. terrified of ghosts, I don't like the woods at nighttime. They're very scary. There's lots of things that live in there, including hobos with knives. Yep. So I don't like any of it. I'll very remind dangerous. you at the end of the episode, but please I have two reach children. out. Please don't, please don't do this. Reach out me. on social media. It'd be a good time. Anywho, I knew this was coming. I knew I shouldn't have done this, this story because he was going to do this to me. Okay. So it was in use until 2001 when then like a concrete and steel bridge was built like right next to it that we use now because it was like a one lane bridge it was not very convenient. And now this is a much bigger bridge that we can use normally. Uh, so now it's it's just kind of like not really used or it's it's actually part of like a hiking trail that you can go through in that area. You walk through the bridge on the hiking trail. So there are two stories of how it got its name. The first is of a demonic satyr, satyr, I don't know how you say this. Satyr. Satyr. I, I do know what a satyr is. Hold on, it's hold on. No, 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 don't say it. Because oh. I looked at the, the description and it's much better than what you're saying right now. Um, so I didn't know what it was. So I looked it up and here is the Wikipedia definition of a satyr. It is a, hmm. I put a maple nature spirit. It must be a male. <laughs> maple nature. <laughs> it's a male nature spirit with ears and a tail resembling, resembling those of a horse as well as a permanent exaggerated erection. Oh, never mind. I thought a satyr was uh, like Tumnus from Narnia. No. Like a weird horse. Or like a it's like a weird centaur. Philoctetes. Horse demon dude. Oh, okay. With a permanent exaggerated erection. That's the main feature. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I actually want to go into this. I just am not sure if I know exactly what an exaggerated erection is. Does it mean big? I would assume, yeah. But how do we know that means exaggerated? What if it's just big? I think it's like... Anything over 16, 18 inches would oh be <laughs> demonically exaggerated. <laughs> Anyways. So it's believed that a demonic satyr named the Goatman lives in the forest around there. People have said they've seen something resembling that around that. So that's the first story. So the other story that's much more widely talked about is... Cole is the Goatman. So the other more widely known story of uh, that's told about the goat man is about a man named Oscar Washburn who lived uh, north of the bridge. He was a farmer and a businessman, and he was known as being dependable and honest. And they called him the goat man, I'm assuming because he had goats and sold them. Um, he even had a little sign, apparently, that he put up and he hung up on the bridge that said this way to goat man's like to have directions to his house. So 
this was back in like the 30s. So there were obviously people in town who were not a huge fan of the fact that there was a black man who was being successful and doing well. So because also in the town, there were members of the KKK. So these members antagonized him and threatened him and his family a bunch of times. And his wife, understandably, was like, hey, maybe we should not live here anymore. Maybe this isn't the best place for us. I don't know. And it is said that he said he replied saying, this is our home. I swear to God, no devil's going to drive us from it. So he woke one evening um, and heard his goats. They were like bleeding and crying out and making a bunch of noise. And when he came out, there was one of the men was slitting his goat's throats. Mm -hmm. So he started to chase him. And the man started to run towards the bridge. When he got to the bridge, a bunch of dudes basically swarmed him and they realized it was a trap. Um, they got a noose around his neck and hung it on the bridge and threw him over the bridge. When they were satisfied that he was dead, they went back to his house and locked his family inside and burned down the house. Killed his whole family. They left his body hanging there for days, um, and they actually even sold pictures of his dead body hanging from a bridge. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, after a couple of days, his body, like, just vanished, just wasn't there anymore, which obviously was probably from, like, the news breaking and him floating down the river or from someone finally, like, just taking him down. But uh, legend has actually started to say that he just vanished on his own. So quickly after his murder, rumors began that people were seeing the goat man. Uh, they would see him on the bridge or on his land where his shanty was. Um, and then it started to even become a bigger story when some of the people who had killed him started dying mysteriously. One died from choking while eating dinner. Another got sick and died of fever, having hallucinations of ghosts. And another two died in a drunk driving accident on the bridge. The only one that really seems to me as weird as the bridge one. The other two were just... People dying. I don't know that like eating your dinner and choking to death. That's pretty like intense. Like what did your wife feed you? You almost died on a kebab. Okay, that's different. I was alone. <laughs> there was no one there to help me. Still. So the uh, locals now say that if you cross the bridge at night without your headlights on, you will be greeted by the goat man on the other side. Um, some have, like I said before, some have reported seeing like a man that looks like part goat or part horse. People have reported being touched, grabbed and having rocks thrown at them. One person said that they actually went to the place where it was said that his house was and could feel their skin burning. Um, there was also reports of seeing him hanging from the bridge. And even some had heard him saying the mantra, this is our home. I swear to God, no devil is going to drive us out. Um... That's pretty much it, except now they do ghost tours during Halloween, which we actually wanted to do last year, but we didn't end up doing it. Yeah, because we have a kid. Yeah, kids make it hard. He would be the worst in that. But yeah, so that is Goatman's Bridge. That's awesome. Um, So again, reach out on social media. (laughs) Or don't. Have us do a little ghost hunt. Um, Yeah, so Goatman's Bridge. um, Creepy place. I just, in my eyes, it's... An old bridge. The other, well, okay, sorry. The other part is the fact that there's no actual proof of, of any, this man. Any of this, yeah. Of any of this. But then again, it was the 1930s. His house got burned down. They all hated him. The only thing they have left is the folklore, is the 
the story of him. And so it's kind of a hard thing because it's like, there's a chance that this was all made up and just like, hey, that's like a creepy weird bridge in the middle of the woods. Right. Or there's a chance it actually happened and we have physically no proof left because they literally took away everything from him. Right. So who knows? But if it did happen, man, that's sad. And I hope he does haunt it. Because they kind of deserve and I hope he like I kind of hope he helped those guys die. Yeah. Kick the bucket. Yeah. Get the revenge. But also I totally get why. Like it's literally just a bridge surrounded by really dense forest. How like. So I get why if you go there, it would just be creepy. How subtly racist is it that like. The poor victimized black man ends up being like this demon figure, though. Like that sucks. A little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, his whole life was kind of crappy like that. So. It's true. So yeah. It makes so sense. who knows if it's real or not, but either way, it's probably still terrifying and surrounded by creepy animals and hobos. And we'll go out there if you give us like a hundred likes. Or not. We will. There's no such thing as likes on podcasts. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Subscribe. Um, okay. So my story is of Carl Eden, who was a young British boy born in December 29th, 1972. Um He claimed that he was a Nazi bomber pilot that was downed in 1942 in an English bombing run. So it all started. I'm sorry, a little boy was claiming this. How old was he? Here we go. So it started at two years old. He said that he, quote, crashed a plane through a window. That's what he kept saying. I crashed a plane through a window, crashed a plane through a window. And when he first started uh, drawing, he would draw Nazi badges, insignia and swastikas. Um, He would spontaneously Nazi salute as a two year old. Um, and he would draw when he first started drawing airplanes, he would put swastikas on the airplanes. Okay. Any of this, I feel like separate, you just would ignore because it's weird crap. Two year olds do right. Like Sterling says some of the weirdest sayings and I just kind of ignore him or be like, sure, buddy. But like all of that together. It's weird. And then also the repeated, like how much it's been repeated. So, uh, and cause it was through his entire childhood. So he did that from the age of two. Um, he would draw German eagles, which if you saw it, so Google a German eagle, you'd recognize it. And he said his name was Robert and his father was Fritz. OK, um, he also said that he remembered his mother. She was a larger woman with uh, tight black hair pulled back into a bun. And his mom would be like, yeah, but I'm your mom. And she, he would go, yeah, but she is, too. Right. So. This went through his entire formative years, two to three. At the age of six, he drew a full cockpit with gauges and explained the gauges usages like, um, you know, this is for this is the altimeter. This is the fuel gauge. This is that. This is the other thing. Right. Um, Prior to doing the full cockpit, he used to draw gauges and be like, this is an altimeter. This is that. This is the other thing. It's crazy. Um, so the dad, um, both, both parents were devout Christians. They went to the church of England, but the dad was specifically like against this notion, uh, that his kid was actually a German fighter pilot. And also as any parent, I think you'd be kind of unsettled with your kid doing Nazi stuff. Right. Understandably. Yeah. Right. And he said, you know, he so the father was born after the war, so he's not like a war veteran. He has no war stuff around, um, once he started showing like Nazi stuff, like they they didn't do any TV programs, no books, no nothing about the war because they were trying to like stifle this. Right. right. Um, which adds to the weirdness of it. Um, the kid said that he remembered flying a Messerschmitt when he was crashed, numbered either 101 or 104. Uh, the father initially thought this was like, oh, this has to be a coincidence because Messerschmitt was a fighter plane, not a bomber. You're wrong. Uh, he went to the library, found out Messerschmitt did make bombers and they did. Um, he used to ask the kid like, okay, what did you wear? And he was like, oh, I wore a green uniform with my pants tucked into black leather boots. And that's what pilots and, and, uh, air force people wore in, uh, 
Nazi, the Nazi regime. Um, one time the mother did decide to show him a war film just to kind of see what what he said and did. Yeah. And uh, he was watching it and he goes, the sergeant has his uniform wrong. The badge is on the wrong side. And she went to the library and found a picture and the war film did get it wrong. So that was that was weird. Um, he also said that one of the concentration camps that was mentioned, um, he said that his air base was near that. Um, she couldn't quite remember, but she thought it might have been Auschwitz, but she doesn't remember. Um, also, uh, the kid. So both parents had dark hair mm-hmm. um, and the mother did have blue eyes, but both parents had dark hair. He was blonde haired, blue eyed Aryan. So um, that was weird. They drank tea as Germans do. He preferred coffee. And he always liked sausages from a young age. And um, whenever uh, a chance at the at a play came up, he insisted on playing the German characters. All right. So where this all kind of culminated was he claimed that he was on a final bombing run, went through a window. Right. And he lost his right leg and bled to death. He did not die on impact. That's what he claimed. Okay. Carl, the kid, had a birthmark on his right thigh where he said that's actually where his leg was severed. Um, and that part's pretty common. So you'll, um, and as I do more of these reincarnation stories, a lot of these kids like, Oh, that was where I got shot or that's where I got stabbed. Right. Okay. Um, and they, you know, and a lot of, which to be fair, like I think a lot of kids make up that kind of stuff with birthmarks because I think it's a scar. Right. Yeah. Um, but the weird part behind that though is, um, Some of the times they find correlations to it. uh, And this appeared to be one of those cases. So Carl always said, um, so a couple things to it. One, uh, as he was growing up, he garnered the attention of an Ian Stevenson, um, who was a doctor at West Virginia University. Mm -hmm. And he's like a doctor of psychology and was like looking into his case. And he's actually the one that documented a lot of these things. It was during this time that like uh, Carl was talking about uh, his death. So he he said that he would die. He was going to die before he was 25 because he did in his past life. And he said he was going to bleed to death. Right. Um, also, as it kind of went along, um, an article was published about him. And so like all the kids at school started calling him Nazi boy, German pilot and like really mm-hmm. horribly making sad. fun of him. Yeah. So not only is it sad, but also it's stifled any of the evidence they were going to get because he started claiming like he didn't remember things yeah, anymore. Yeah, I really not talk about it anymore because it's embarrassing. Right. Yeah. And then he did. He just stopped talking about it entirely. And as an adult, he quit talking about it, which of course makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they made fun of him and all that. And uh, his mother actually recalled the time that uh, he had a friend over. They were about five years old. And uh, Carl started telling him all about Hitler and like how he knew who he was and, you know, this. And then he was like, this is what we used to do. He started goose stepping around the um, kitchen and like the kid that was over just like started laughing because he thought it looked funny. Yeah. And the mom was like, "Okay, we don't do that, you know. Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, so this kid, I mean, he just knew all things Nazi. Right. But yeah, so the uh, so one of the weirdest things was uh, he actually did die before he was 25. He was working. I don't know why they kept saying in a heat wave, maybe to like say like, oh, it was hot. So it made sense why he was murdered. But he was murdered viciously <laughs> during a heat wave. Like, man, I'm hotting to kill somebody. Right. So um, I don't know. I guess I felt that way. before. He was at a uh, like a train yard. And uh, he was walking with a co-worker and the co-worker claimed, you know, he, he doesn't remember he blacked out. Uh, but the co-worker ended up stabbing him 37 times. Oh, my gosh. Um, and like pierced every single one of his organs, they said. Um, and Carl died 
on that rail yard, right? So he bled to death, like he said. Yeah. And he was 22 years old. So this is where it kind of gets weird, but we'll talk about it. This is where? Well, yeah. It's been weird. So just a couple years later, literally two years later, about a mile down that same train track where he bled to death, Carl did. Mm Mm-hmm. They found the wreckage of a bomber. No, they didn't. They did. And um, the this wreckage was linked to wreckage they had found previously. But the wreckage they had found previously, they knew was a four man bomb crew. Three of the bodies were identified. No. The, the wreckage they found <gasps> on the railroad down down the line from the railroad was a fourth body. Damn near intact. Missing a right leg. OK, so. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. Not only that. They found out he would have been in the bomber. He was the bomber uh, in the bomber capsule. Yeah. Which was glass. And he was punctured by glass. Similar to. This is insane. Similar to Carl's stab wounds. And he bled to death. He didn't die on impact. He bled to death, which Carl did say. I remember going through the window and I woke up and I was missing my right leg and I bled to death. I didn't die from the crash. Right. So they found that this guy's name is uh, Heinrich. Uh Something Heinrich. Heinrich Richter. Um, And if you Google pictures of Carl Eden and Heinrich Richter, they look a lot alike. So let me actually show you a picture. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they do look alike. Yeah. So if you actually look really closely, like they have the exact same brow line. And their nose. Their nose is the exact same and they have the same exact face shape. Yeah, Carl's a little chunkier, but yeah. Carl was chunkier, but they lived different lives, right? <laughs> um, I mean, they, that, like, Carl. but that's Sorry, the thing, Carl. right? Like, imagine Heinrich Richter not being in the military, not living through the Great Depression, yeah, right? right? Um, they have the same mouth, the same lips. Uh, it's very striking. It's very strange. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of hate this. Really? It freaks me out too much. There's yeah. just I. I don't have much else explanation. Like I can sit around and kind of say stuff like well, kids we, have big imaginations and well, let's talk things about it. Like so, that, but. so there's a couple things about this. Uh, number one being Heinrich Richter was a bomber, not the pilot. Okay. Yeah. But six. So, well, not only that, but they, Carl did say he knew a lot about planes, but when he died, he wasn't certain if he was flying. So he did say that. Wow. But yeah, so um, and like I said, go ahead and Google this picture of these two guys. They do look remarkably similar. Um, But anyway, so when they found this body, um, Carl's parents decided, you know what? We're going to go to this guy's funeral because they held a funeral for the body. Right. Okay. And they said that uh, they felt like they were burying Carl again because this was the first time they'd seen a photo of Heinrich. Oh, okay, Yeah. And they saw their kid looking back at them. And they also saw the uh, hold on one second. See the uh, insignia on his jacket. Mm-hmm. Carl drew that. He drew that. He drew his jacket. And so they put all that together. Um, and so here's my thing, though. I think the resemblance and the right leg being cut off. And then the fact that the train track was there, like kind of covered up a couple things. One, uh, Car- Heinrich didn't die in a Messerschmitt, which Carl was like adamant about. He died oh, okay. in a Dornier, which is a different type of bomber. Yeah. And that's about the only thing they got wrong. So one thing again, he was a kid. Well, not only that, but there's a chance Heinrich did serve in a Messerschmitt. So like just because he died in a Dornier didn't mean he was never in a Messerschmitt. Yeah. So there was that. All the other details, though, are remarkable, (laughs) like to say the least. Uh, But yeah, so this is one of the most compelling 
uh, stories. And I think the thing is, is it's the sheer longevity of it. Like um, this wasn't the story wasn't compiled when Carl died and they found Heinrich. So it was a story from when he was a kid. It was published. Right. It's been going on for a long time. And then it was like confirmed postmortem, which is like really, really weird because Carl was never even alive for the discovery of Heinrich's body. Yeah. Right. Um, And he couldn't confirm anything like like because that would have been to me more damning of the story of Carl was like, oh, that was me, right? Yeah, like, of that's course. me. You no, have, he, like, physical evidence right in front of you. Right, he was dead. Like, he never even confirmed it. This is something we found out afterwards. The other thing for me that really sticks with me is, like, having a toddler, having a little kid. Um, For him to start out saying it, like, two years old, like, I fell through glass and I, and I died, and then to continue talking, but continue to stick to the small points that he talked about before right. is a big deal to me because Sterling literally, like, he will sing me a song and know, like, a bunch of the words, and then a week later, he will not remember any of the words there, There's almost because he's three. Between month to month with a the toddler, there's no continuity. No, like, like, I can ask him what we did a week ago, and he has no idea. Well, and not only that, but there, there are, like, habits and things that he did every single day that literally two months later, he's totally stopped and never does again. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very odd, I think, as his parents. So and, that, and that's the part where if you want to be skeptical about it, I think the whole Messerschmitt thing, I think the resemblance is really what made that whole story get driven. But at the same time, you know, you just never know what the parents were pushing forward or what kids are exposed to. I mean, if he just really, right. really was into fighter fighter jets and fighter pilots and things like that and for some reason was in only got exposed to the German side of it or mostly did or whatever before they cut him all off from all that stuff. Yep. There's a chance that could have been it. But even then, I mean, six years old, there's a couple other things too. So Heinrich obviously is not Robert. His father wasn't Fritz. He said that he had a brother named Peter and there's no brother for Heinrich. Actually, none of the family though for Heinrich stepped up. So they don't really know that much about the guy. Um, And they did want to reach out to him, but at least from what I read, uh, never got a hold of the family. So there are inconsistencies here. I'm not saying it's an infallible case. I'm just saying it's such a weird phenomenon. Well, me and you watched a documentary on this. I remember. Yeah. And I remember one of them was like, I'm going to butcher this. I'm not telling the story, but one of them was about a kid in like Scotland or Ireland. And that one freaked me out the most because it was like this, where I was just so, so much of it was too, what couldn't be coincidence. Was like I, w- too I was going to mention that and, and I will figure out who it was, but yeah, there the one that you're talking about, I think was the one where uh, he actually met the sister of the person he yes. said he was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the like, sister was like, I can. That's he, him. Yeah. yeah. Well, but well, and, and they and talked he, about like, childhood memory like he yes. told her of childhood yes. memories and like and he, she would like quiz him and stuff and he got got it right yeah and yeah. he knew he knew the directions to their house and a place that he's never been and he knew her childhood nickname too mm-hmm. and she never mentioned it so yeah i mean and i'll talk about that one there's also another one that's very similar to this case and actually i think maybe maybe a little more compelling but it was 20 years later so that's why i'll do it later okay um but yeah this is one of the first cases um of just hard set reincarnation so did want to talk about a couple things in regards to what if this was the case, right? So neither of us come from backgrounds where we believed in reincarnation. Just want to get that out there, right? Yeah. So it's not something I ever really considered as how life would work. Yeah, me neither. Not at all. In fact, and this is weird, but like, I would think more of it, more of it would be an indicator of a glitch in the matrix, I think, <laughs> than we actually are reincarnated. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things that even if it isn't straight reincarnation, right? Even if he's not Cole, Cole has an opinion on reincarnation. It's just one of those things where, uh, I, I don't think Carl was Heinrich, but I think one of the things that's like worth talking about is 
just like linked memories or repeated things like like there have been multiple and, and I'll find specifics and maybe even talk about it in the next reincarnation episode. But there have been like multiple cases of a guy with the same name, re- like dying the same way as someone else 100 years later. Yeah. Right. Where like history has literally played through so much of what it's going to play through that things will repeat. Right. I'm not certain that it's actually like reincarnation, reincarnation. Like this is the same person's soul being mm-hmm. reused. I just, but it seems like there's something there's just to too it. many things yeah. connecting it for it to not be any. I, yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that either, but I'm also not saying. I'm also not saying like, oh, just a coincidence. That's just a kid talking. Like that's crazy. Again, yeah, that's being around, too much. Yeah. Being around kids as much as I have kids don't. Kids become obsessed about things and really like things and that happens and stuff like that, but not to this level, not like a specific person, not. Well, and also it's the, it's the exposure piece, right? Like if Sterling started all of a sudden talking about nuclear physics, like, you know what I mean? Like we don't talk about nuclear physics, right? Yeah. There's nothing contextually that he would pull that from. I think another thing would be, um, well, and also it's the time, right? Like it's not like everybody at that time had TV and internet. You know, it's a different right. time. Well, and it's also not like the war was happening. Exactly. At that time. Well, if and, it was, and like then his it would father said, like he wasn't even part of the war. So right. it's not like he was telling stories about it. Because it makes sense if that was what what was happening in your world around you at the right. time and you attached to that. But that's not what it was. Exactly. So honestly, like I got nothing. This is like I'm terrified of Sterling's imaginary friend, Bobby. If my child started talking like Carl, I don't know what I would do. Well, I mean, they they sought so professional scary. help. So, For, like, of course. Yeah. I, I think another thing, um, and this is something I've talked about, I don't think on the show, but just in general, like, um, and actually the whole series of Assassin's Creed is predicated on this, but um, genetic memory. So, yeah, like, right. Because, like, that's the, that's the thing where, um, if you haven't heard of it, it's essentially the question of what's the difference between an instinct and a, and a memory, right? So, an instinct is something saying, over the course of however many years, thousands of years and a whole bunch of behaviors, I know innately to do X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Right. So what is the true, like, is it one step or a thousand steps of the difference between an instinct and a memory? Right. Like, so a memory is RJ remembers, I touched the stove and it burned me. Mm-hmm. Right. But would my, both my, my sons are adopted, but let's say they were biological. Right. Would my son, instinctively no don't touch because i know or how many how many times would it take which is would not it take true a thousand generations or a million generations but we do have an innate fear of fire that's right true. but yeah most kids are going to touch that stone no matter what right but i mean <laughs> so but but think about it this way so like from the whole like a dog right they uh eat their vomit and feces right to yeah. cover up their that tracks a gross example but sorry yes. <laughs> but it's true like why you could have easily said that they do like there's like a million things they do instinctually right. that you could have talked about that were not about vomit it's food. true but they do that because of thousands of years of instincts they don't want other animals to know where they are saying right. yeah saying you leave this behind right. something will find well, you all, i mean animals including humans we all have instincts like that like fight or flight and well and i think another, like thing, that. another thing about that though is because we're verbal and we communicate verbally uh we don't have to rely on our instincts right like a mom dog shows a puppy dog some things but the puppy ends up relying on their instincts for so right, much right because they need them to because yeah, they can't they, tell them they, they can't, can't be say taught. hey that's a dangerous animal get away from it right their puppy needs to know that so anyway the big question is well what's the difference between an instinct and a memory so um can you have instincts so detailed that you can actually but then again i mean an ancestor's memory this one wouldn't make sense though because they're not related yes 
So unless they were distantly, right? Yeah, but whereas I mean, I they would know if anyone in their family fought for the you German would think? war. Twenty three and me. Hey, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, because that's the point, and and that's what a lot of people said. I mean, the kid looked like him. You never know. I mean, it could be literally one thing removed. The mom was infidelitous with a German guy. Hey, like, or the dad was. No uh, one told anybody. It's a secret. Back then, they didn't tell people that. I get it. The mom would have to be pregnant, but I'm saying right. back, back then it was secretive. It was like, I, I get it. Well, I'm those just saying, things happen. fine, once removed, infidelity, right? Which you were going to mention, but like, we have discovered some things of 23 and me. family has yeah. some interesting background. Yeah, in, uh, in more ways than one. Like, I found out I'm Chinese, so that's interesting. And he did not know that before. I did not know that uh, seven or eight months ago. Um, but anyway, so, and that actually wasn't even 23 and me. That was just. Some other stuff. Um, 23 and me helped though. 23 and me helped though. Well, because of what it, Becky got. Yeah. So uh, what we're talking about, it was uh, my sister actually got something back saying she was half Asian and we always thought we were a quarter and we were like, oh, well, it's probably just, you know, a little off. No, it ended up being right, but it was confirmed later. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I think it's one of those things that's really interesting. I do think there's something to it. I'm not sure if it's straight reincarnation, um, but there seems to be, there has something. to be something going on here. Yeah. Something bigger that's we're not understanding. Right. Because like I said, I got nothing like it's either reincarnation or it's a supreme coincidence that ended up being confirmed later. Like because biggest coincidence of all time. Right. Because that's one of the weird things to me. Like I said, if it was prepackaged with his death, you know, like if this sort story were assembled in 2018 when the dude died in 1995. Fine. Yeah. But the story started. 10, 12 years before his death, you know, like, and his death happened two years before finding Heinrich. Something I really would be interested though in though is like trying to hear stories of that now, just because there's so much more information now. So like if some kid was saying like, I died in the war on Iraq, right? Right. And I, and this and this and this, but, and, I think, I th- but the different, like we could actually like, figure that out like it's it's so much easier to get the information but it's so much more polluted because you'd be like well that was on tv and then and tv was playing all the time but But then you'd also say i think as an outsider like one of the first things i would say like especially the whole map thing like how did how did the kid know where to go right well google maps right google maps didn't used to exist okay but no six-year-old is using google maps or knows how I, also, I, I would guarantee also, that no, there are some. That doesn't even make sense. If you know how to get to a house that was random, like I can't even go on Google Maps and just be like, hey, let's find a place that I don't know what is and get there. Like, how would the kid know what the house was to then no, try no, to I'm, find the I'm way to get there? The first thing I would think was the parents planting this for the story. Oh, well, yeah, there's a chance of that. But my no, what I'm saying is as the parents, you'd be able to gain so much more information. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if it happened re- more recent, like back then it was... They had to, every time their kid said anything, they had to go to the library when yeah, I could Google yeah. it. If you, you know? were one, if you were one step removed, yeah. If yeah, you were the parent I mean. yeah, or right. something, yeah. And of course, I'm sure as the, the parent, kid. if your kid said those things, all the media would say is this is a hoax, this is right, crap, this exactly. is fake. But, but as I the think parent, yeah. it would be really interesting to see what that was from the parent's perspective and from the kid if it happened now, just because well, we have the, such like, a bigger well, think about that. So like, way of knowing. This has happened. There, there are multiple stories out there, and I'll go through a few of them, but like um, over the course of a few episodes, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, how many are we not hearing about? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Or how many kids stifle it? You know? Yeah. I mean, like so that guy, like he did. Eventually he was like, oh, I'm the weirdo now. Never right, mind. Right. Well, like, OK, so for instance, something as simple as Bobby, right? Our kid's imaginary friend. Like there was a time Bobby. we were in we were in the media room uh, watching a movie. It was dark. And Sterling, Sterling just looks at me. He's our son, our three year old. He goes, um, 
hey, Dada, Bobby's in trouble. And I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah. But he got in big time out and got hurt. And that's why he's a ghost. And I was like, okay, like, you know, but that's not saying that's why he's a ghost. No, he did. He said later he's a ghost. No, he said that all in one fell swoop. No, he didn't. You weren't there. You were out of town. I told you this. That's crazy. Yes. I said, who is Bobby? Because or no, he goes, Bobby's Bobby's hurt. And I said, oh, yeah, what happened to Bobby? Just kind of blowing him off. He goes, he's in timeout. That's why he's a ghost. But That's hard, too, because Sterling goes to timeout all the time. That's true. But <laughs> Which he puts lots of his toys in timeout. He actually watched a lot of Halloween videos where they talked about ghosts. Yes. I'm saying there's pollution. The only I'm just thing saying. I'm having trouble with here is where in the world Bobby came from. I, don't, I can't. I've, I know all the shows he watches. I know all of his favorite movies. We did I watch King of the Hill. I cannot think of Bobby. He was not paying attention when we watched King of the Hill. <laughs> and also, um, like, that was his least favorite thing that anyone was watching. If he was actually paying attention enough to hear Bobby, I'd we be surprised. Also, we, we do quote Hank quite a bit as well. Yeah, still. Anyway, um, yeah, so interesting case i think that it's uh really something worth looking into you guys should look it up carl eden um and if you have anything to add to the discussion uh go for it um so this has been another episode of skeptical skeptics Uh, again we appreciate all your support and the downloads and please jump on social media and let us know if you want us to do a ghost hunt we have had quite a few uh asks to do video of like our banter and that's something we're definitely interested in doing the only problem is two things one we have a newborn so we're both like greasy and nasty all the time (laughs) um so wait until that to pass uh two i already have trouble kind of squeezing in uh audio recording so like to do a video edit would also take a long time so if i were to do it it might be like we continue the podcast releases and then we'll do YouTube releases like a week later or something. Or like once a month. It wouldn't or be some, very Yeah, often. like once yeah. a month. And like it's, you know, like for instance, our Area one, area 51 special, maybe I would do a video of that or something. So um, we've heard the feedback. Uh, we could definitely do that. And, I, and f- we are both physical people. <laughs> like we do speak physically. So I think there would be something to be gained there. Um, but it is just a lot more work. So um, yeah, we'd love to do it. Um, but, you know. Just a little difficult whenever it's not my full time job. So, uh, again, we appreciate all the support. Please reach out to us on social media. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, we are going to get back to posting regular content. <laughs> I know we say that every week, but it's true. It's like we're getting closer and closer every time. No, we really are. So and and we will uh, we really will get back to posting content. It's just it it's been different. Um, yeah, it's been different. So exhausting uh, is the right word. Yeah, yeah, exhausting. So we'll get back to it. When I just got back from like a three-day camping trip so uh we've just had life kind of hitting us so uh we'll get back in the groove of it but appreciate you (laughs) so for context i've been cutting these but rachel hates that i say appreciate you it's not a real word it's appreciate i get it i understand appreciate who says that a lot a lot of people well all of those people should stop okay malk I don't say that anymore i said hey that's a dumb way to speak and i changed it i know and i'm working on it okay cran You opened this up, not me. Anyway, thank you guys. <laughs> oh, check us out on Massive Late Fee. Um, really want to plug those guys. Really good podcast. Uh, very. Yeah, they're awesome. Check them out. Yeah, check them out. So uh, check us out on there as well. Not just our episode. We're not plugging that. Like we, we want we you to listen to our that. episode, but you should listen to them in total. They're in, awesome. in general, very yeah. very good, and especially if you love entertainment. Which so like, and that's the other cool part. Like our two podcasts don't overlap at all. Really, um, we are creating. 
uh, stuff to overlap. Like we'll have them on um, for a special episode as well. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, like they're two totally separate things. So check them out. Whoa, whoa.